You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. This is CBS Sports Radio, and you are locked into the JR Sport Brief Show. I am coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. If you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family, Rocket, Rocket can. Monday night football, the first game of the season. It's a wrap, and tonight the Seattle Seahawks, they go ahead and beat the Denver Broncos. The final score is 17-16. And we're going to get to your calls. We're going to do a whole lot of talking. But right now, we are being joined by someone who scored a touchdown tonight in helping Seattle go ahead and get that victory. In the second quarter, he ran it into the end zone. Kobe Parkinson is joining us from the Seattle Seahawks. Tight end holding it down after that 25-yard TD. Kobe, how are you feeling, my man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No doubt about it. Obviously, congratulations on your first career touchdown, holding it down at the tight end position. I know that locker room is bananas. We've heard a lot leading up to this game about Russell being gone and Geno taking over. What don't we, the general public, realize or recognize about Geno Smith? Yeah, Geno's definitely uh, stepped up to the plate. And I think people don't realize that. He played really well last year. Uh, When Russ got hurt, he played those three games. And we definitely could have won with him. I think some things just didn't go our way. Uh, so leading up to this year, I've been very excited about him taking over, and he showed that he's capable of it and uh, played very well tonight. Kobe Parkinson is here with us of the Seattle Seahawks tonight. They beat the Denver Broncos 17-16. to This is obviously a transition period for the Seahawks moving on from Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll is still there. We have seen his energy on the sidelines throughout the course of this game. We have always seen his energy, even at 70 years old. What was his message leading up to this game, and what was his message now that you guys just won? Yeah, his message is the same every week. Don't make the game bigger than it is. You've been playing the game for our entire lives, and it doesn't matter if it's Monday Night Football in front of the entire world or you know, it's in your backyard when you're growing up. Uh, so just don't make the moment bigger than it is. Go out and do what you're capable of, and results will follow. And, you know, we got the win tonight. Kobe, we know that Seattle and, and playing up in the stadium, Lumen Field now is one of the loudest in the entire country, flat and period. What did that crowd, what did the 12s bring up in Seattle, especially we heard those boos for Russell? Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely heard it. Uh, there was a lot of false starts as well, delayed games, and, uh, you could just feel the energy from the start, right? When Russell took the field, uh, it was pretty exciting to hear them get the booze going. Not that I have anything against Russ, but that whole place was bumping the entire night. Um, and we had a great time, and thankfully we were able to come away with the win for them. Final question for you here, man. We know that this was your first career touchdown. No bigger mm-hmm. stage, no biggest atmosphere. How did it feel to finally get that first one in? Oh, my gosh, it felt amazing. Uh, you know, Gino had plenty of time back there. O-line did their thing, and, he found me up the middle. It was great. Uh, excited that it came at such an important time, too. And uh, lucky we came away with the win. Kobe Parkinson here of the Seattle Seahawks. We got a lot of listeners all over North America. We got a lot of people listening who are a fan of the Seahawks. What message do you want to share as you guys continue on with the season? Yeah, uh, this is not a rebuilding year. We're here to win. We're here to win now. And uh, I think we showed that tonight. And we're looking forward to next week. Kobe, I appreciate you taking the time after the big victory. Kobe Parkinson joining us here. No problem, man. Kobe Parkinson joining us here 
the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. You just heard it out of Kobe's own mouth. This is not a rebuilding year for the Seattle Seahawks. They beat Denver tonight, the final score, 17-16. to This was a fumble-thon here in the second half. Denver could not get the job done in getting the ball over the goal line. Denver was 0-4 in the red zone. Both of their running backs, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, they both fumbled at the one-yard line. Two separate chances, two separate opportunities, and two fumbles. A matter of fact, how about you hear what they sounded like? Not too good. This is courtesy of Westwood One. This was fumble. Melvin Gordon. Fourth and goal. Wilson in the gun. Flanked by Gordon. Pointing his out his protections. He gets the snap. It's low. Hands to Gordon. Riding over the right tackle. He lost the ball as he was hit. It's loose. It's vacuumed in. It may have been a fumble. It's taken to the 10. Tackled there. Mike Jackson got it. Melvin Gordon. Okay, well, Denver has two running backs. You got Melvin Gordon. He's out there fumbling. And then Javante Williams, what did he do later on in the third quarter? The same damn thing. Third and goal, inside the one. Wilson looks over the defense, gets the snap, hands off. Williams runs into his own blocker, fumbled the ball, rolls into the end zone, recovered by Seattle. Recovered by Seattle in the end zone. Can you believe it? I need Kevin Harlan. I, I need him to call. I need him. To, uh, well, I don't know about this. It's pretty morbid. I need him to call my funeral. I need Kevin Harlan. There isn't anything that he can't make exciting. He can make a trip to the library exciting. Hey, Shep, libraries still exist, right? Uh, for us, they do. Not for the younger generation. Well, I haven't been in a When's the last time you were in a library? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I've been in a library. Last time I've been in a library is the New York Public Library on 42nd Street. That's not even a real library. You're JR. You get mobbed. You know, you're not going to go into a public place like that. A library? Yeah. Come on. I, I'll actually be at the New York Public Library for an event next week, but it's not to look at no damn books. <laughs> Kevin Harlan can make anything exciting. But if you want exciting, how about the end of the game? I told you about Denver, the Broncos, their their inability to convert in the red zone, their inability to get the ball over the goal line. About 15 seconds left in the game. Three timeouts on the board. First time head coach Nathaniel Hackett. He was running that clock. He didn't want to push it on fourth down, even though he only needed five yards. He wanted to go for the field goal. And so he sent out Brandon McManus. This is what it sounded like, courtesy of the Seahawks radio network. Here we go from 64 to try to take the lead. With 20 seconds left, McManus off the left hash. This thing is going to be no good. It could have been long enough. But it was just to the left of the upright, and the Seahawks are going to win their opener. 
and they did win the opener. The final score, 17-16. to 16. And outside of the action in the red zone, or the action that they didn't want in the form of turnovers, Denver controlled this game in regards to total plays, yards, rushing yards, passing yards. Denver moved the ball. They just gave it up. In the first half of the game, and we just heard from Seahawks tight end, Kobe Parkinson, he just joined us. Geno Smith was playing like Superman to start the game. In the first half, Geno Smith, 17 of 18, two touchdowns. The first one, Will Disley. The second one, Kobe Parkinson. And Geno Smith got busy. We just spoke to Kobe Parkinson. This is what that touchdown sounded like in the second quarter. The Seattle quarterback gets the shotgun snap, throws a pass over the shoulder, catch goal line, touchdown! Tight end, Colby Parkinson, beating two defenders. Geno Smith has thrown his second touchdown pass tonight for Seattle. A 25-yard strike, and the Seahawks go up 16-10 to just before halftime. You know what? It's a Geno Smith night. You know what? That was the second touchdown. And shout-outs to Colby. Thank you again for joining us. Why not? Will Disley, he scored the first touchdown on the opening drive. They got everybody in Seattle hype. Let's take a listen to that one. There's the belt eye snap. Dropping back three. Running back. Block now getting away from traffic as Smokey throws. It's caught by Disley 20. Open to the 10. Running on the numbers of five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Seattle. 38-yard touchdown pass. Okay. So what were Geno Smith? By the way, Seattle basically, they, they sat on the ball here to end the game. Geno Smith finished tonight with 195 yards, two touchdowns. He completed 23 of 28 passes. And so after the game on ESPN, speaking to Lisa Salters, Geno Smith basically said, well, just listen to what he said. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. Okay. Rather short, simple, and to the point we all understand. What about his head coach, Pete Carroll? Moving on from Russell Wilson, someone who is building himself a Hall of Fame career, to Geno Smith, someone who's basically been and built himself as a a career backup, now getting an opportunity to start. Pete Carroll, he had high praise. How about Geno? I mean, Geno just 17 for 18 in the first half. I mean, who does that? You know, guys guys just don't do that, you know. Um, But remember, he did it against Jacksonville. You know, he had like, I don't know, 12, 13 in a row or something like that. So Gino played tonight like he's been playing the whole time we've been practicing. That's what he's been looking like. Well, that's what they say, right? The way you go out and will participate in the actual game is through how you practice. They say that every single week you win the game during practice. You execute it on Sundays or Mondays. Or Thursdays. But you get the point. And so Geno Smith here, I, I guess, is this some type of career renaissance 
for Geno Smith? Can I even call it a career renaissance? You actually have to start somewhere to be renewed. And for Geno Smith, I mean, the best showing that he had was last year. Credit to Kobe Parkinson. He, he joined us here a few minutes ago at the top of the hour. And he said, yeah, Gino, he was doing good last year. He's picking us up. Oh, yeah, Gino's been doing great in practice, and this is no shock or no surprise. Great. We have 16 more games. I'd love to see what Gino Smith can do for the rest of the season because we've had a big or large sample size here in his rookie year at the beginning of his career, and it wasn't all that good. And sure, it wasn't for a good team. And, and sure, he didn't put out the best showing for himself in his rookie year, in his sophomore year. And you could say he did the, the most damage to himself. If he's able to bounce back here as he gets ready to turn 32 years old, then, I mean, damn it, that's, that's a hell of a comeback. What he's done up until now, based on last year and this year, is damn good. Let's see if it continues. Metcalf, DK, not only did he exchange jerseys with Russell Wilson, and we'll talk about Russell Wilson. He's he's speaking to the media right now. I know he's saying a lot of, uh, of cliches. I know he is. DK Metcalf, he talked about Geno. He had high praise for him as well. Well, I mean, it was it was very uh, you know good to see Gino go out there and do that. I mean, he's had it in this whole time. He just hasn't had the you know perfect opportunity you know for him to go out there and showcase you know what he really is able to do when when he's in full control of, of a football team or, or of an offense. So, just for him to go out there and get a win like that, I mean, it really just shows the the confidence that we have in him and um, you know what we're looking forward to this whole season. Yeah, we got we got sixteen more games. 16 more. What, what, what type of comeback would this be? What type of comeback, what type of career comeback would this be? If Geno Smith says, I'm here, folks. Am I expecting Geno Smith to throw 35 and 40 touchdowns? Hell no. Can he be a serviceable quarterback? Can he be good? Yeah, I think he can be. I think good might be the ceiling, but that'll be better than what he's shown, especially for the majority of his career when he did play. But for tonight, congratulations to Seattle. For tonight, congratulations to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson came back, and you know he wanted to show up, and you know he wanted to kind of put a fork in Seattle. You know, he wanted to show up and say, hey, this is what you're missing. And he didn't get it done. His team didn't get it done. It's not a one-man game. Fumbles, turnovers, execution in the red zone. Nathaniel Hackett, his first go-round, not so smooth. And so Seattle gets the victory. And Geno Smith is the man tonight. By the time we pull up to January, are the Denver Broncos going to be in a better position in Seattle? Or is Seattle going to be looking at Russell Wilson going, 
Oh, man, have fun out there. We winning without you. At least for one night, they can enjoy it. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. The phone lines are open. That's 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Gino walks away with the W, and Russell Wilson walks away with the L. Are you believing in Geno Smith? Are you drinking the Geno Kool-Aid? Or is Geno Smith here? Just a one-hit wonder. Slight continuation from last season. I'm going to take your calls on the other side. It's the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a huge fan. I listen to you every night on the way home from work. JR, you are a great sports psychologist. Thank you very much, my brother from another mother. And I like you. Call in now at 855 212 4CBS. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Tonight, the Seattle Seahawks beat the Denver Broncos. The final score is 17-16. So many conversations leading up to this game about what Russell Wilson will do. He had 340 yards passing and a touchdown. But ultimately, the Denver Broncos could not find the end zone. 0-4 for 4 in the red zone. They fumbled the ball twice both of their running backs fumbled in the third quarter two separate occasions at the goal line and geno smith geno smith finished with 195 yards passing and two touchdowns in the first half he was 17 of 18 in the first half geno smith looked like a different quarterback tonight and he did a damn good job last year five touchdowns to one interception filling in for Russell Wilson. Is this going to continue for Geno Smith? To start this hour of the show, we actually spoke to someone who caught a touchdown from Geno Smith tonight, and that's Colby Parkinson, the six foot seven tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. And he said people don't pay attention even to what Geno Smith did last year and that he's been good in practice. And so, if I have to look at the totality of Geno's career and I have to look at what he's did last year up until now, yeah, he, he's on a nice run right now. He is. Is it going to continue? Well, time will tell. 2013, 2014, it's a long time ago in NFL spaces, in, in the NFL calendar. And so, as Geno Smith approaches 32 years old can he be a good quarterback yeah I think he can be is all of a sudden he's going to be one of the best in the league I'm not so sure let's see if he can do that and so in my opinion the jury is still out 
Let's see what he can do for an entire season. This is not what he's done. Geno Smith has not played more than five games in almost eight years, okay? He's been a backup. There's a reason why he's been a backup. Whether it be for the New York Giants and and not being able to fully move Eli Manning out the way, or if you have to think about the waning years of Phil Rivers, or even here with Russell Wilson. Can he be good? I think he could be okay. Tom will tell. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid thinking that all of a sudden he's now one of the best in the league. Come on now. 855-212-4CBS. It's 855-212-4CBS. If you need a reminder, this is what Colby Parkinson told us at the beginning of the show about why he's confident in his quarterback, Geno Smith. Geno's definitely uh, stepped up to the plate, and I think people don't realize that. He played really well last year. Uh, when Russ got hurt, he played those three games, and he definitely could have won with him. I think some things just didn't go our way. Uh, so leading up to this year, I've been very excited about him taking over, and he showed that he's capable of it and uh, played very well tonight. Yeah, he did. What do you think? 855-212-4CBS. Jack is calling from Ohio. You're on the JR Sport Reef Show. Go ahead, Jack. JR, what's going on, man? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, listen, I'm with you on Geno Smith, man, and I'm a diehard Steelers fan. Um, I think a lot can benefit quarterbacks that sit for a while. Like Mitch Trubisky obviously sat last year in Buffalo, and I thought that he played really well yesterday for the Steelers' win. And obviously Geno sat for a while behind Russ, and last year he played well enough to, to you know, warrant him getting the starting job this year, and he further proved it tonight, man. Like, I don't see why Geno can be – you know, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm not going to put him, you know, top ten or, you know, pick him to make the Pro Bowl or anything like that. But, you know, who's to say that he can't, you know, do enough or at least at the very least, like, not screw up enough to where he's the reason why the Seahawks start losing? No, I agree with you. Thank you, Jack, for calling from Ohio. You know, anyone who watched, and this this has less to do with the team that he played for. If you watch Geno Smith to start his career, which is not where he's at now. It's eight years ago, okay? He was the type of quarterback where you just, you wanted to sit him down. That's it. I always say you put quarterbacks in three categories. Three. They're the quarterbacks who you are deathly afraid of. You don't want to see this quarterback in a two-minute drill. You don't think this quarterback is out of the game. Heading into the game, you say, if you're the opposition, what the hell is blank going to do to us today? And you can fill in the names. We know who they are. Is Patrick Mahomes going to throw four or five touchdowns against us tonight? What is Tom Brady going to do? Oh, my God, there's two minutes left in the game, and they only need a field goal, and Tom Brady is going down a field. We know who those quarterbacks are. Those are your top ten. That's the top third. That's the top third. In the middle, you got a bunch of guys where any given Sunday, it can go this way or that way. You have no idea. It's the average guys. It's the dudes who don't push the marker. They could waver. They're your Derek Carrs. And I'm not just saying that based off of last night or yesterday. They're your Kirk Cousins. And maybe Kirk Cousins changes that throughout the course of the year. 
There are guys that are right there in the middle, that they're good, but then you go, okay, well, how good are they week to week? And then you got the bottom third of quarterbacks, guys who are pretty much on the lane of being replaced, dudes who are placeholders, or people who before the game starts, you say, every time our quarterback throws the ball, is he going to throw it to the other team? Do we have a chance in hell? Geno Smith used to be in that latter category, that you go into the game not feeling good about him. Seahawks fans shouldn't feel that way right now. It's a small sample size. Five starts over the past two years. What else are we going to get? 855-212-4CBS. Jason is calling from Mississippi. You're on the JR Sport Re Show. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Man, JR, man, much love. Sending you much love and energy to the show, man, because you deal with a lot of stuff with us fans, man. But nine years in the league, yeah, you better know how to do something. But then you say, it's talking about he the best. Nah, man, come on, man, pop the brakes. Man, anybody at McDonald's, for nine years, can get a Big Mac, right? So I just think that's crazy on what that fan was talking to you about, man. I just appreciate how you still checked them and put them in check, man, and appreciate the show, bro. Well, thank you, Jason, for calling from Mississippi. Well, I I think there's a difference between making Big Macs and throwing touchdowns in the NFL. I could find somebody every couple miles who can make a Big Mac. I don't – I don't know if I could just roll down the road and find somebody to throw a touchdown in the NFL. So, with all due respect, yeah, it's a little bit more of an exclusive space. And we do have guys in the league. And they stick around for a long time. Geno Smith has been able to stick around. Based on what? What, what he did at West Virginia? What he did as a, a mountaineer? Like, what are we doing here? And so now he's getting his chance. He's getting his opportunity. This will probably be his best and his last opportunity to be a starter in the NFL. Are we supposed to expect that at the conclusion of this season that that he's bestowed some type of of long-term deal? Hell no. He better make the most of what he got now. But do I think he's going to turn around and get handed a a $35 million a year contract? Come on. Let's stop. Kyle is calling from New York. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, JR. Thanks for taking my call. How are you doing tonight? I'm very well, Kyle. Go ahead. So, Geno Smith, I think – I don't think there's any secrets about what kind of quarterback he is. You know, he's been in the league for 10 years. We've seen what he can do, and we've seen what he can't do. And my opinion is I think, you know, best-case scenario for uh, Geno Smith, I think, would be that he becomes kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick-type, you know, journeyman QB that finds his starts here and there and flashes, does well. You know, another team pays him to come and do, you know, win four or five games for him. But outside of that, you know, he, he's not going to be your uh, franchise quarterback. He's not the type of QB that 
you can just put an offense on and and ride into the playoffs or something. You know what I mean? No, I I agree with you 100%, Kyle, and that is a that that's actually a great comparison. And thank you for calling from New York. Not so much exactly Ryan Fitzpatrick in regards to style of play, but being able to 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 make an opportunity out of nothing. I don't know how many people I've spoken to over the past two years since I've been here that have just sang the praises of Fitzpatrick, calling him Fitzmagic. There were times where his ass was also Fitz tragic. Yes, there's a lot of swagger and there were some wins and there were opportunities and times where Ryan Fitzpatrick would throw you six consecutive touchdowns and there were other times where he would throw you four consecutive INTs. And it's just, what is he doing? Handing us balance? And so Geno Smith in his career, that, that's what he's done. Well, we're going to find out what he can do on a large sample size. The small sample size has been great thus far, if you take into account what he did last year with his five touchdowns and one interception. Well, we got 16 more games. And we have to pay close attention to what his decision-making will look like the rest of the year or how much Pete Carroll will leave or take the reins off. We already know he's going to look to run the ball and minimize that ball being thrown around in the air. It's one of the reasons that Russell Wilson is gone. And now he's trying to cook in Denver, but tonight in Seattle, he got cooked instead. And by the way, his head coach, he's pretty much getting cooked right now especially for his decisions at the end of the game. Well, I can tell you there were some decisions throughout the course of the game and some actions that caused Denver. It didn't just come down to that kick. We're going to talk about this more extensively when we come back. As the Seattle Seahawks beat the Denver Broncos tonight, Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle and loses. Seattle on top, 17-16. to 16. I'm going to take your calls on the other side, and then we will also hear from Russell Wilson. It's the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. What you have, you can't even put a price on it, is you have a platform and you always handle your platform with responsibility. And for that, I look up to you and I respect you and I appreciate you. Call in now at 855 212 4CBS. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. There's so many of these. Well, we're going to get back to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and the Denver Broncos and especially the the play calling aspect. There are a lot of people looking at Nathaniel Hackett saying, hey, man, well, what are you doing here in your first game as a head coach? You got Russell Wilson out here. You need five yards. You got three touchdowns, even though it's a fourth down. What, what are you doing? Make Russell go for it. What the hell are you paying this guy for? Giving him $230 million and Make them earn the money. Well, they sent McManus out there for a field goal, and he missed. And so, of course, there's going to be a lot of uh, Tuesday morning quarterbacks. 
A lot of people coming after the fact saying, hey, why didn't you do that? Huh. We'll get to that momentarily. T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. This man has a torn pectoral muscle. They're trying to figure out how they want to fix it. He's getting a second and a third opinion. Obviously, no one in Pittsburgh wants to see this man out for an extended amount of time. And he could miss the entire season or he could miss half the season, depending on on what he does, how he decides to fix or manage the injury. Mac Jones, quarterback, obviously, for the New England Patriots, they lost 20 to seven to the Miami Dolphins. Four-game losing streak here now against Miami. The Patriots have not been all that great against Miami since uh, that Tom Brady guy has left. And Mac Jones. Mac Jones, he left. Well, he didn't leave. After the game, we found out he had a back injury kind of out of nowhere. And it was just a matter of back spasms. He was in the x-ray room after the game. They said everything was fine. And today, I guess you got the best-case scenario. Mac Jones' back is okay. And so when they take on the Steelers, he'll be able to go out there and throw the rock, you will assume. And then at least he won't have to worry about T.J. Watt. But the guy who did walk away with an injury at the end of the fourth quarter for a game where his team was getting smacked around was Dak Prescott. Because we know this to be fact. The Dallas Cowboys, not only did they lose 19-3, to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dak Prescott jack jagged. He jogged off of the field late in the fourth quarter, and then we found out he got a broken hand. He has a fracture near his thumb. And after having his ankle snapped in just ridiculous fashion on national television a couple of seasons ago, he came back last year through 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns. Well, now he might miss up to two months and Dak after the game he talked about how disappointing this is it's very disappointing um but injuries happen uh can't necessarily control it um just unfortunate obviously gonna miss some time uh, not be there for my team uh, and that's what hurts more than more than anything uh, especially after the start that we just put out there um wanting to be able to respond and not necessarily having that opportunity for several weeks um yeah it's unfortunate but i'll do what i've always done anytime adversity comes take on it take it on head first uh and it'll get my best and i'm sure i'll come out of this thing better yeah well at least this is a fracture and not a compound fracture that was disastrous what took place with his ankle so uh have fun with cooper rush or whoever the hell the dallas cowboys decide to bring in if they do because ain't no upside folks there's there's none The Dallas Cowboys cannot bring anyone in at the quarterback position who's going to make uh, a a gigantic leap, who's going to be more than an incremental plus for what they currently have. And you could blame Jerry Jones because whether it be the wide receiver position or backup quarterback, they went cheap this year. They went cheap. They did. And Jerry Jones isn't going to tell you, hey, I went cheap to save money. He tell you some garbage like, oh, I believe in the guys here that they need to step up. Nah, man, y'all are stepping right into the trash, not to be seen for the rest of the year. 
855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Curtis is calling from Atlanta. You're on the JR Sport Reshow. Go ahead, Curtis. Hello, JR. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think that Gino is going to be more like uh, Tannehill. Um, oh, and in uh, that he in that he's in, into a he's in a system that kind of suits his talents, but Tannehill can't even carry that team. So I think he'll be good, but not great, sort of middle tier. Okay. But the issue to, the issue tonight was, did you notice how, how how long it took to get the plays in? There were so many delay of games and almost delay of games and rushed plays, and that wasn't just the twelfth man. Something was going on there where. The, the plays were coming in so late. It definitely attributed to one of those fumbles, maybe two. Something's going on there where the plays were coming consistently late. And I heard the announcers, Joe and Troy, talk about that num- number of times. The clock's running low. The clock's running low. Hell, the field goal might have been the best move to make, given how they ran plays. Yeah, well, well you know, obviously while I'm here on air, I can't, I can't hear a damn thing anybody's saying over the air. I'm here live. Mm-hmm. And I can only I can only watch and see while I'm on air. So I can't make a, a hardcore judgment on Nathaniel Hackett for what I cannot intricately pay attention to while I'm broadcasting. The one thing right. that the one thing that I did see was the amount of penalties, which happened to be yeah. 12 of them for 106 yards. And mm-hmm. the big the big situation that that most people are harping on happens to be that 64 yard attempt by McManus that obviously missed. Did he have the length? Right. Yes. Did he have the accuracy on it? No, it just went wide left. But I, I said this last week when we had a caller call, and he pretty much put the whole, I think, future or hiring of Nathaniel Hackett into the toilet. It's it's one game. It's his yeah. first game, and I'm not I'm not going to go crazy. It's no different than, than Mike McDaniel. He picks up his first victory for the Miami Dolphins over Bill Belichick. And are we supposed to throw a parade? I mean, there's going to come a point in time this season where he gets his ass kicked over some decisions that he Agreed. made or, or, or did not make. So, yeah, well, sure. I totally it's, agree. I just think that all night yeah. I just kept hearing delay a game. It's running close. And, and it's just consistently all night I kept hearing it. Well, like, the, what, 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 you what's have going a, on there? Well, you, you we know what's going on, Curtis, and 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 mm-hmm. we we have a rookie, we have a rookie coach, we right. have a quarterback who's in a new system with a rookie coach, we have both of them operating with a new offensive line, we have young receivers who are expected to be lining up, uh, we're in a hostile environment, one of the loudest places to play football here in North America. I mean, the odds are stacked against you. And I, I mean, can can I blame the 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 fumbles at the goal line on on the play calling? Maybe, but I would think if I'm handing over the running back at the one yard line, pretty much the first job is to not give the ball away. It's to not fumble the rock away. Nobody trying to see that. Dan, he's calling from California. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Dan? Hey, how are you doing tonight? I am excellent. What's on your mind? Well, uh, back to the Geno Smith thing. No, I do not think he's a franchise quarterback. And uh, the caller 
kind of before me stole my thunder a bit because I was thinking of Tannehill at uh, the Titans, but uh, um, Geno Smith is not playing for a team the quality of the Titans. So I think what's going to be revealed is next week when they go down to Levi Stadium and play the Niners at home. He's going to play against a team that has least uh, taken them to the NFC championship game two out of the last three seasons. So I think that's going to tell really what he's all about there. Yeah. Thank you, Dan, for calling from California. Geno Smith has had uh, plenty of times and opportunities early in his career to show everyone who and what he is. Now, being almost 32 years old and having sat behind Russell Wilson and even sat behind Phil Rivers and an Eli Manning, what does he have left? What does he have to show? I'm not going to be prepared to say, oh, well, taking on the Niners is going to show everyone, uh, you know, what he is or what he's not. Obviously, the Niners themselves are trying to pick up a big victory after they were embarrassed in Chicago. Justin Fields pretty much ran them through the rain and ran them out. And Trey Lance, man, his his mistakes were right there. You can see and understand why the Niners wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around on the team just in case. How about we don't how about we don't just paint Geno Smith with a broad brush after one game or two games? He still has an uphill climb to restore his reputation and standing in the game. I think it's going to take more than two games to do that. We're going to hear from Russell Wilson on the other side. He has spoken. He talked about the play calling. Don't move here on CBS Sports Radio. 